this episode of The Journey with Jared, Andy and I talk about our views on age and how we think others see us because of it. We talk micro versus macro seasons and how an empty feeling at work led him into creativity. We also touch on creating environments where people are able to express their truth fully and in a safe container, finding fulfillment with quality as opposed to quantity, and shadow work. I hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to The Journey with Jared, episode four. Today we have Andy Nguyen. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing amazing. Good to hear. Yeah, good to amazing. hear. Thank you for asking. Of course. And uh, so just a quick little description on the podcast. So Journey with Jared, really it's about um, you know, people finding their journey and realizing what part they're on, uh, you know, how to move past being stuck. It kind of stu- started with me um, going through what I like to call my quarter life crisis, feeling stuck, not knowing, you know, if the path that I was currently on was the right one. And so, yeah, so just trying to figure that out and talking to other people that are on all different parts of their journey and hearing their story. Well done, man. I'm glad to be part of your journey. Big time. I'm, I'm glad you're part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what I like to do is start with kind of the beginning of your journey. So uh, a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, what kind of kid you were. Yeah, awesome. Grew uh, born and raised and grew up here in Calgary, actually. Okay. Um, I always like come across people who ask me that and everyone is always like, oh, you're rare. And I think it might be because I think a lot of people like find their way out and explore different parts of the world living in different cities, which I've done, but I haven't ever lived in a different city. Yeah, I get that all the time too. Yeah. It's always the like, whoa, you're actually born and raised. Yeah. Yeah, look at us like we're unicorns or something, yeah. man. Which is so mean? weird because all of my friends are like born and raised too, so it was always a d- big disconnect for me. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, was, um, it's been a, it was a really great childhood. Um, a couple curveballs actually. So I grew up with my mom and my dad, uh, only child. And my dad actually um, had cancer. Uh, he had cancer when I was six years old, and he passed away when I was about, just about to turn eight. And that like really shifted um, my my trajectory, my my life, right? And my mom never remarried either. Yeah. But when when a passing happens in the family, especially a father, and this is something I've like looked back and reflected on a lot, it changes so it affects so many different parts of your life. For sure. Um, how you show up in school, how you show up um, with your mom, what your friendships are like, what your dynamic is like with uncles and aunts and cousins and all that stuff, right? And so it really sh- shifted things. Yeah. When did you realize that it was a large shift? Was it right away? You felt it right away or is that more from reflection? I think it's from reflection. I was too young, man. I was like too young to know. Yeah. Um, it was when I started deep diving into a lot of like trauma work, like mother wounds and father wounds and, um, and started asking myself deeper questions when I was in my later twenties. For example, like a deep question is like, why, why do I react the way I do? Yeah. Like, where does that come from? What kind of, what kind of programming does that come from? Yeah. Why do I re- react the way I do? And I think that's a, such a beautiful question. Like, do you ask yourself that sometimes? Or like, have you ever asked yourself deep questions like that? Just started to. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it's funny because when you say that, you know, I, I feel like the automatic reaction is, well, what do you mean? Why? Like I, I react the way that I react. Right. Yeah. But when you actually dig into it, there's so much more that goes into every single thing that we do. Yeah. And so, and I feel like most people kind of live their lives never realizing that or realizing it very late in mm-hmm. life. And so what, what started, what started you on asking yourself those deep questions? I would say that's a, that's a great question. 
<laughs> That's a great deep question. I would say that it was my journey into entrepreneurship, small business ownership. Okay. Yeah, and that's a that's an interesting thing. Like sometimes people say as a part of their own journey, like, oh, like I had an you know accident in my life, or I had a near death experience, or came out of a breakup or something. For me, it was really like I threw myself at small business ownership. Mm-hmm. It was really hard because I had no experience in it, and it really triggered a lot within me, and. It was, it was at a point where I'm like, okay, if I want my, my businesses mean so much to me, if I want my business to grow, I need to make sure that I'm in check as a human being. I got to make sure that my, my cup is full. I got to make sure that I'm always checking in, like checking in um, on how I'm doing mentally, physically, emotionally. Because if I'm suffering, my business suffers and the people that I serve through my businesses suffer. Yeah. So it starts with me. It starts with me. And so that's part of the emotional and the mental space of checking in with me. Yeah. I ask myself those questions. Yeah. And a detail of it, but I'm curious. Sure. Was it the feeling of needing to ask yourself those questions to continue on with the entrepreneurship? Or was it, I feel like I can't hit you know, my full potential if I don't deep dive into these, um, these issues that are coming up for me? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'd like to say a little bit of both, man. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit, bit of a blend of both. And maybe even a third texture or a third layer to it as well that, you know, separate from our business, because we are not our business, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I at this point in my life, I love contemplating... Um, the possibility of the end of anything, you know, it's a, it's a Buddhist philosophy of non-attachment that, you know, there's, it's cyclical, right? It's like, there's a beginning to something, there's an end to something. Yeah. So one, a deep question that I asked myself was like, okay, if my business has ended, who am I? Who am I yeah. separate from that? Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I just started to sort of cut you off yeah. there, but, um, you know, kind of both of us being in that entrepreneurship, you know, realm, I feel like that's a hard disconnect because a lot of people don't separate those two things. It's I am my business, right? And totally. a lot of times it'll that'll be their identity and not even necessarily in only in entrepreneurship. And I feel like it's a little bit more intense there, but yeah. a lot of people, and I was talking to Nuke about this, of yeah. they assign their identity to what they do, right? It's yeah. It's not I am Jared, it's... I am the entrepreneur, Jared, or I am the lawyer, or I am the VP, yeah. right? And so when you take that away from them, or if they lose that, you know, you don't actually have a separate entity that is just you. Yeah. I, I could tell that you deeply resonate with, with that. Because mm-hmm. I think as, I think we've both been there, like so entangled with who we are and what we do. I think that's a, a big thing about um, masculinity. Yeah. In general, right? Is we are what we do. We are what we do. And if I'm losing in business, I'm losing in life. Yeah. If I'm winning in business, I'm winning in life. There's this weird thing. That's the thing about the masculine, right? Um, archetype, per se, within everybody, men yeah. and women, all genders, is that the, the translation is always, am I winning in life or am I losing in life? Mm-hmm. But if it's, if it's approached unconsciously, it, gets, it becomes our self-worth as you and you discussed right for sure yeah yeah and just you know we've talked a little bit about it already of uh or sorry off you know in our past uh communications of 
that was a huge change for me. Yeah. Right. The it's been four months now, about three or four months, where I removed myself from you know what what I did and you know my business and all that, and it really put me into a spot that I've never been in before. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's okay now. Who am I? Like who is Jared? And that's where kind of this journey started is being you know starting to question basically every single thing that I've done and you know like why do I do that why do I act that way mm-hmm. um, you know if I don't have this as part of my life what's left and so that that resonates a ton would you say that that shift in you was like hitting a bit of like a reset button kind of like a not like a you have to start all over but yeah. like kind of like a blank canvas like if you're an artist you got a blank canvas and you get to decide now what this looks like it, it definitely was yeah. yeah it's it was for sure a blank canvas it was a, hitting that restart button you know I'd always joke with people I like well I'm gonna blow my life up or I blew my life up you know a couple months ago yeah um, and really stepping into the complete unknown yeah. was the biggest thing which I'd never done I'd never I'd always had the next thing to move on to, yeah. right? And so it was, okay, this is ending so I can move into this. And now I moved into nothingness, right? And so there's, there's a huge, yeah, there's a huge empty feeling. And that's, you know, the, the best way that I could describe it is just emptiness, you know, like of something missing, of, you know, all of this space was taken up. And I think I've gotten into it before, but, you know, not only did I lose my job, but a lot of those people have become very good friends of mine, people that I saw, you know, five days a week, right? Yeah. So I lost my job, I lost a lot of my friends, I lost those relationships, or at least I felt like that, they all changed. You know, yeah. it's not that I never talked to them again, but it's, yeah. well, now I see you maybe once every couple of weeks instead of every day, Yeah. right? Um, it was because I had my surgery, I wasn't able to work out. I lost that part of it too. And so, you know, there's even a couple hours every day that are now gone. Right, and just the whole active, um, being active in general, right? Like can't yeah. go out and do sports, can't do, can't go work out, whatever it might be, and so feeling very limited, and uh, yeah, it was it was a bit of a darker time, especially for the first little bit, like just being completely honest, but yeah, it was just different. Yeah, man. Yeah, new new beginnings or new chapters, they're messy. Yeah, can be messy. <laughs> yeah, we we hope that it isn't messy, but it can be messy. Yeah, I you know as you were speaking, mm-hmm. I, I had a memory pop up. Okay, I may share. Yeah, of course. And it was it was me. It was actually on. I was online. I was watching this video, and I know you're a big Gary V fan. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember watching a video of him at an event, and he was taking questions from people, and and uh, it wasn't on stage or anything. I think it's just right in the middle of the public. A guy came up to him. And told Gary that he was feeling so lost. Yeah. And that he doesn't know what to do, where to go, how to be, you know, the list goes on. And Gary just like looked at him and Gary was like, that's a good place to be, man. Like, what is your perspective on where you're at right now? That's more important. He's like, okay, so you, don't, you don't know where to, where to go or how to be or what to do. Perfect. Then you're in full control of how, of what happens next. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and well, I remember watching that. I'm like, that's so true. It really does matter how we, like, what story or narrative we tell on what happens next. For sure, right? And it's obviously, you know, easier said than done, but it's not out of the realm of impossibility. Yeah, yeah. One one big thing that kind of in the same sort of realm too is mm-hmm. 
that I've taken from him is trying to put time into perspective, mm. right? And looking back and going, okay, well, I feel like I've done nothing for these three months, right? And it was, it was a very, I, I don't like that. I always, I need to be busy. I hate kind of standing still <laughs> and feeling like it was forever and like I've wasted these months and then going back and being like, okay, well, looking back at what I've done in the past four years, yeah. being like, like, you know, what took, you know, a business and helped it grow from zero to like $2 million in revenue, right? And you're like, okay, well, if I can do that in four years, I've taken all of that knowledge and all of those experiences and I can apply that to the next thing. Yeah. And then going back in the last eight years and being like, okay, I, you know, I started my, my whole entrepreneurial journey, um, never even having it enter into my consciousness to where I was today. And then even going like, okay, you know, I'm 26 years old, you know, I have a whole two to three more lives to live, right? And being like, okay, like, so trying to have that patience while still trying to, to keep busy and to move forward, so. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that with me. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I always forget that you and I, we have, a, we have an age gap, yeah. right? And you, you said 26 and I just remembered, you made me think about it quickly, just like, what was I doing at 26? And I would say, I would say I'm pretty close, like it's like self-discovery, I think that happens I think I, should, I think that should happen at all 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 the time. Yeah. No matter what age you are, and so yeah, I think you're in a good place, man. Like, Thank you. So, Appreciate super, that. Like actually, super genuinely excited for what it's gonna unfold. For Thank you. you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, man. And so I have a question for you. Is just yeah. uh, just from that last statement is. What's, what's your relationship been with age? So just to give a little bit of context, like for me, I've always hated telling people my age because mm -hmm. I always feel like they take me less seriously, mm -hmm. right? And it used to be a big, um, you know, point of stress, I would even say of like, do I tell them the truth or do I say that I'm older, you know, which I, I think a lot of us do, but really that fear of if I tell them how old I really am, they won't take me seriously. Um, which has tapered off now where I just, I don't bring it up, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's still kind yeah. of, I want them to think what, whatever age they want me to think that I am. Right. Yeah, totally. What's do you have any, any relationship like that? Yeah. Well, it's funny that we were talking earlier about how things get intertwined with our self-worth, right? Yeah. Age was a thing uh, that was intertwined with my self-worth before. Okay. Um, I'll recall, I'll bring it back to a stage of life I was in like, I was working at a corporate company, youngest guy in the company, um, and a lot of the, the the guys and the girls that worked with me, they were older than me. Yeah, and they had other interests, and there's you know you kind of pedestal people when you're younger. You're like, oh, I look up to this person so much, to the point though where you you don't wanna you don't wanna look less than. Yes. And for some reason, age was a thing, and I I lied, I lied oh. to them. Okay. Yeah, I, I straight up lied to them for a couple of years. I actually have never even told that to anyone before. Really? This is like confessions of, <laughs> yeah. on the Jared's journey right now. No, but yeah, I lied. I straight up lied to my coworkers at how old I was, um, out of fear. I think underneath all of it is like it's out of fear of rejection or fear of um, not being a part of something for some, it's just such an interesting, interesting thing around the, the number and the age. Now my relationship with, uh, the age has more to do with seasons. Okay. What season in, in your life are you at? Right. There's that one aspect. The other aspect is 
we all have an inner child in us. You know, I can be I can be old of age, but I could be youthful at heart. Yeah, I love that. Right? I can be old of age, but I can be youthful at heart. Or I can be young of age, and I could be wise beyond my years at heart. And I say at heart very intentionally, because mm-hmm. um, it matters, and it matters that we. And the, it goes back to those deep questions that we should all be asking ourselves, right? But it allows us to tap into, okay, what season am I in right now? And how do I need to be? What is this season calling for me to show up as? Is this season showing me to call up, uh, is calling me to show up as more youthful and more play, more, more surrender, more relaxed, more patient? Or is it calling me to step into more of like my inner parent of like, no, Andy, this stage of your life right now, you got to make sure your finances are in order. You got to make sure your businesses are moving forward. You got to make sure your teammates or your employees are getting paid. And when I say seasons, I don't mean like months at a time. Sometimes it's micro seasons. Okay. And sometimes it's macro seasons. This is where it gets a little weird or complicated. It can be, but yeah, like a micro season is I'll use one day for example, right? In the morning I have my daily ritual and I get to play a little bit with that. So I'm a little bit in. After my daily ritual is done, it's about an hour long-ish, can kind of change it sometimes. The first thing I do as a part of my business is it's time to sell and connect. That's the first, I, I always start my days off with that. Okay. Selling and connecting. And that's more of like a, you know, a little bit more of an inner parent, a little bit more of a, no, gotta get shit done, right? And so it's, it's about, Knowing your range, knowing that you have range, and knowing that you can access it uh, at any point. And that literally changed my perspective on age. Love that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, That's a great question. I've never been asked that question before. Yeah. No, I really like it. And uh, when I was talking to Nuke, he's very big in the seasons too. And he, um, I like hearing the different take on it, right? Huh. Because it's very, they, you know, you guys are saying the same thing, but in different ways. Right. And he would really equate it to the actual seasons, Mm. right. Of like, you know, this is my harvest season. This is my growing season. This is where I take a step back and, you know, I'm, I'm now the seeds that I've planted are growing. And so to hear, hear your take on it is really cool too. I love Nuke. Yeah. He's such a good guy. (laughs) His, his take on seasons uh, impacted my take on seasons. Really? And I'm sure vice versa. Yeah. But yeah. Very cool. So I want to bring it back a little bit to, um, entrepreneurship. So how you got into it, um, the different kind of things that you've done and then what you're doing now with it. Yeah. How I got into it. So that corporate company I told you about a few minutes ago there, that was a company that I worked for coming right out of college. Okay. Um, did two years, uh, in business marketing and I could have went a little bit longer to get my degree, but I was never that academically strong. So I'm like, you know what, let's get out there and make some money. Went and worked at that company, ended up staying there for almost four years. Lovely company, a lot of growth, good money. However, I felt sort of empty inside. There was something missing. I would say creative energy. Okay. And the Andy today, looking back at it, for sure, just misaligned with who, who I am who I truly am underneath all of the stories, narratives, shoulds, should nots, right? Yeah. I can see that so clearly now. Steve Jobs has an amazing quote. 
you don't connect the dots looking forward, you connect the dots looking backwards. That's a big one for me. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And during that phase of like, oh man, I feel kind of empty, You're waking up every morning, dreading the drive to work, it got me creative. It got me creative. It got me slacking at work at the job that I was <laughs> yeah. currently at, I'll be honest. Yeah. It got me slacking hard, but it got me creative on the inside, my thoughts and whatnot. And I remember asking myself a question, like, what am I, what am I passionate about? What brings me joy? What lights me up? And at that time, in that season, it was fashion. It was streetwear. It was menswear. It was the culture that came with that. Not so much the clothing, but more so the culture. Okay. Yeah, which is an interesting one. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah we, we can I, get into that. Yeah. Well, because I wanted to stick on that a little bit because, okay, especially it. for me, something that I've really struggled with is you always hear like, "What's my passion? I need to find my passion," right? And then I go, okay, I'm going to find my passion. And I have no idea what to do. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I question. kind of like this yeah. and I kind of like that. And, well, this is my passion. And then, like, well, no, now that I've decided it's my passion, I'm not as passionate about it. You know what I mean? So how did you, like, was it, was it very clear for you? Did you have to search for it? Like, what were the signs for you? For Yeah, I'll tell you right now, this is the one thing for me. It wasn't a sign. Uh, clarity doesn't come from thought. Clarity comes from action. Okay. Yeah. So if you're seeking clarity, try, try things out. Experiment. Uh, what that looked like for me in my life was I went and I went to every different clothing. Like I had that idea, like that feeling, oh, this culture is kind of cool. This fashion's always been a part of like my style and whatnot. And I'm like, you know what? what why don't I go to local clothing boutiques in Calgary and just meet people, just meet the owner, talk to the cashier. What's your story about? Why did, you, why did you pick up this brand? Why was this brand important to you? I started asking people questions. So I went from store to store to store and then I had a cousin that lived in Vancouver. Her name is Beverly and okay. she's a costume designer. And so she was in the fashion world a little bit. So I'm like, why don't I go, you know, hop on a plane, go visit Beverly for a weekend or a week and pick her brain and also maybe meet people in the fashion space out there. So I went in the van and went to shop to shop to shop to shop and just like, and I had this, just by doing that, the idea in the back of my mind was starting to develop of like, maybe I want to start a clothing company. Maybe I want to do like a, a simple t-shirt line. And cool. that's, that's how it started. And I went back to some stores in Calgary and told them about my idea. People said, don't do it. <laughs> okay. People said, literally, people were like, don't waste your time. It's hard. Yeah. And I still did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And still did it anyway. Talk a little bit about that too, hmm. of kind of that internal dialogue and the decision making process of these people are telling me not to do it. Yeah. But I feel that it's right and I still want to. <laughs> Here's my ego. Okay. <laughs> my ego yeah. is like, well, well, like, okay, I'll show you wrong. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. Yeah. To the point where I did, I, like, I, I literally like, was hiding out in my apartment, learning how to, I didn't know how to use, I didn't know how to make a t-shirt. I, no, I had no experience in fashion. I had no connections or family ties and the apparel industry, I knew nothing. I was literally hiding out in my apartment and researching and looking at things and looking at other companies, how they started, yeah. all on the internet, just like, okay, sweet, 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 sweet. 
taught myself how to use Adobe Illustrator, YouTube. Yeah. Like bless YouTube. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to give them a little credit here. And yeah. And I made, I got shirts made and I brought it in back to one of the stores. Uh, one of the ones that I felt like was a good fit for the type of designs that I was doing. And the owner of the store was like, hmm. He's like, okay. How much are you selling it for? <laughs> Very cool. And I think like, I'm, I, we're still friends today. I could yeah. probably even ask him, but I'm pretty sure that he did not like my designs. He just <laughs> yeah. respected the fact that I did it anyway. Yeah. 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 So have you ever, like, I don't know, have you ever had that thought of like, I'll, I'll show you up? Like, you know, I'll show you. Yeah. You know, it, yes and no. Like, I would say that my, my over, like, I'm so, I'm so extreme on everything. Right. And, <laughs> but the overwhelming feeling for me is I've, and doing that reflection and asking those deep questions is fear. A lot of times fear, like feelings of not being good enough. And so a lot of times when I get that feedback, it's, see, I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew I couldn't do it. I knew it was a bad idea. And a lot of times I didn't even need that feedback. A lot of times I was just up here. I was just telling myself, yeah. right? That, yeah. no, that's a stupid idea. You can't do that, whatever it might be. And on other things, I'm like, I'm going to jump in 100% on something that I have no idea what I'm doing. And then, like the restaurant was one. Hmm. Never worked in a restaurant. Like, um, I mean, I've eaten at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was, yeah. that was about the extent of it. And um, it was, you know, people really wary because, you know, like restaurants, one of the most volatile businesses to get into. I think it's like nine out of 10 fail in the first three years. I didn't know that stuff. And then um, it's like nine out of 10 of those don't make it to five. Something like that. It's like, it's crazy. Like just a bad industry typically to get into. And I was like, well, no, I can do it. <laughs> right? And it's, it's so weird how extreme I am in those of I have some moments of clarity where I'm just like, no, fuck that. I'm going to do it. Right. And there's no stopping me and it's just tune everybody else out and it's fine. Um, and so it's really trying to get myself to the place of hearing people's feedback, but not putting, not assuming that they're right. Hmm. Right. Not assuming automatically starting in the place of no, you can't do it. Right. Yeah. Instead of, you know, starting at the place of, no, I can do this. And then, you know, if you talk to a thousand people and everybody tells you it's a terrible idea and you try doing it and then you don't get anywhere too, it's like, okay, maybe <laughs> this isn't the right idea. Let's move on to the next one. But um, I really feel like that's more of the place that you should be. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, when I, so when I started the clothing company, I was 23 and I was also a bit, I was pretty reckless. Yeah. I was like, nope literally quit my job. Yeah. The one I had, the corporate company, picked up a restaurant gig. Yeah. Part time and started this clothing company. It was pretty reckless. Yeah. Reckless. But at the same time, I mean, what do you have to lose at that point in your life too? Literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I do you, not regret that decision at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't rec I don't recommend that decision for everyone. Yeah. I think there needs to be a lot more introspection. Um, because just because one person does it one way doesn't mean that that's your journey or story. For sure. That's always going to, you are something that I want to hit home with people. Like even the people listening to this right now, it's like, you are unique. You're so unique. Your story is so unique. You know, we can, we can get into a space where we're always looking outwards and comparing and 
I gotta do it this way because that person, I look up to that person and they're successful and I have to do exactly what they, no, like it's gonna look different for you because you are uniquely, you're so special. And yeah, I wanted to just say that because it's yeah, so true. Right? For it's sure. It's not just, there's never, it's not that black and white, it's not one way. Of course, and yeah. it's, it's something that I didn't know about myself, but I'm actually, I've always been good at, hmm. is when I listen to people, I automatically am able to put it into context for myself. And it's funny how much I just like cut and chop and paste uh, what they're saying. Right, and it's what I take away from it a lot of times of more of that like mentor role or hearing somebody's story is I like how they did this, I like how they did this, like I hate all of that, I'm just going to completely ignore it, right? And yeah. then only take these or apply it to my life. And when you say, you know, of, you know, I jumped right in, you know, more taking that, that uh, mindset or that lesson of jumping into things that doesn't necessarily mean quit your job and no. you know go a hundred percent at it maybe that means jumping in is just trying it yeah right just just doing it at night or just like literally trying that one thing that you know you're scared to do or that you really feel like you should do but you're you know wary of of what will happen afterwards i love that yeah because you're right people can take that word jump in as in like all in yeah no that looks, you know, people jump differently. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like physically, people, people jump differently too. Yeah. So I think, the, I think an amazing question, deep mm -hmm. question that people can ask themselves, and this is something that you and I, could, we should always be asking ourselves is, what is our truth? Yeah. What is our truth? Because my truth when I was 23, 24, starting that clothing company was, yeah, I'm going to go all in. Yeah. That was just my truth then. Right? And so... What is your truth and, and what does that look like? Love that. Yeah. So I uh, started the clothing company, got yeah. into a couple places. What yeah. happened next? Hmm. Sipping water. Um, what happened next was I met, um, I met a, a friend who wanted to support me in the clothing. He jumped on board. He introduced uh, some jewelry to the company, a small accessories line. That line like blew up. Like it was crazy. People were loving it, and we asked ourselves, like, hey, do we want to, do we want to keep the accessories line in the clothing, or do we want to separate it and start something new? At the same time, my business philosophy and inspiration began to change a little bit. Okay, and it started shifting towards more of conscious consumerism, social missions, and how do we build a business? that not only the customer is receiving something that they value, but the community is also thriving from our operations as well. Okay. That's kind of like, to me, that's like the epitome of a social enterprise. Yeah. Right? Or a company with a social mission. And so we ended up deciding to split it, uh, the accessories off, started a company called Playfield. Okay. And Playfield was a, a men's accessory line that provide, helped provide meals for young children here in our city. Amazing. And it was such an amazing journey with that company. It really, it opened so many doors. It did affect the way I thought. I was, I was a deeper person because of it. Think about it, right? Like conscious consumerism. So we had to think about our materials, sustainability, how much... Like we just got down to the nitty gritty and it just 
there's more depth to the business. That opened a lot of channels to speaking engagements, presentations around social missions um, and social entrepreneurship. And yeah, it was just an amazing door that was wide open. So that happened. And from that turned into some consulting stuff. Uh, Playfield is now over. We ended the company on mutual grounds and uh, you know, the new chapter has begun around, around self-development, growth, emotional health, Kings of Hearts, yeah, which is a big one for me. And I, the thing is, I wouldn't have met my Kings of Hearts business partners if I didn't have Playfield. And a little backstory here is yeah. that Sohan, one of the three Kings of Hearts uh, founders, he reached out to me. I didn't know him that well. He reached out to me to make bracelets for him for his wedding. Very cool. And made bracelets for his wedding. We actually ended up meeting at a coffee shop, Rosso, and we got deep right away. And so I was like, hey man, like, do you want to come to my wedding? <laughs> yeah. He invited me. Not that day, but he invited me like after that. And I went to his wedding and at his wedding I met Nuke. Very cool. Yeah. So you see Very the, you cool. see the yeah. correlation there now, yeah. right? And so that's how Kings of Hearts began um, and our journey on revealing and healing the masculine um, wound, I would say, in a, in a lot yeah. of um, men today. And I want to come back to that, but really quick, something that just stood out on that story of those, you know, connecting those dots. And like you said, the Steve Jobs, uh, yep. you know, connecting the dots, looking backwards. And what I've really come to realize is that you know, no decision is black and white. No. Right? And what seems like such a small decision, you know, has such a ripple effect that, you know, it's, it's incredible, <laughs> right? Of, yeah. um, I think I used this analogy the other time was I didn't know what, what uh, program I wanted to go into for school. Yeah. Right? And I was like, I don't know, like, which one do I want to do? And I just randomly picked one and I thought it wasn't, you know, a huge deal. And it's like, okay, so that's the degree I got, yes. But also, so many of those people that I met, I would have never met. You know, a lot of them are really good friends to this day. I would have never met them if I made that one decision to go to a different program. The way of thinking is completely different because of the background, because of that program now. And every single, you know, little decision actually leads to a million things that would have never happened, you know, if you had made that other decision. Yep. Not, even though it feels black and white. Yeah. It's not black and white. It can yeah. feel black and white, yeah, oh. but it's not. And um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's such a beautiful. I love that you said that. There's just so much more that we don't know, and have no control and over. Have no control over, right? Right. And so, like, w that is like a life lesson within itself, right there. It's like, and so, where in our lives do we need to just loosen the grip a little bit? Yeah. To to act on what is our truth in the moment. And to surrender to what's to come. Yeah. And when you said that, what my mind said was, you have all the control and you have no control. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were back to you, like you, you see things in extremes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love, you know, you have all the control to yeah. make all of your own decisions. Yeah. But realizing that all of those decisions change everything that you have no control of. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's such so, a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah. Such a funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, going back to Kings of Hearts, and uh, I've had Dea and Nuke who are both really involved in that, and we've talked a lot about it. Yep. Um, 
your perspective quickly on, on mm -hmm. what it is, what you guys do. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, Kings of Hearts, is, my perspective is that we, we create the container, we create the space for what, honestly, it's not just men, right? Because a lot of the events involve um, women too. And yeah, it's creating a safe container for people to be able to fully express their truth and to start having a conversation around what, how we need to show up that can better our society, can better humanity as a whole. Because we've, got, we've come a long way with, it, there's been a struggle, right? And there's always been a division of sorts. Mm -hmm. And so the question that I have in my mind a lot is how do we show up so that we bridge that division? We, we, that, that's, that's where the work is. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to see, like, look a little bit deeper, not to discount all the things that happen on the surface, but can we get to the heart of the matter? Yeah. Can we get to the core of this issue? And one thing that we've identified so far is that the core of the issue is that there isn't enough spaces. There are many beautiful spaces that this is happening, but there's not enough of them. Uh, where people can just have a conversation on how, in this case, how masculinity has affected their lives and how we can show up better as men and women to, to, sh to change the story, For to sure. retell the narrative, right? And it's a little bit, one, just wanting me to compliment you, but it, it might be something that you do subconsciously, and so you might not have an answer for this, but... Yeah. On every event that I've gone to that you guys have run and that, um, so the King of Hearts uh, meetups, uh, the leadership workshop that you guys do, it's incredible, Samurai Brotherhood, of course, but it's incredible to me the safety that is created in the space that you guys have. Yeah. Do you know how you do that? And what I mean by the safety is, yeah. it's, it's incredible where, like for example, the leadership or sorry, the leadership workshop that we did here would have been months ago now. Um, it was a bunch of people that had, most of them had never met each other, mm -hmm. right? It was a one day workshop, you know, we're there and how genuinely people showed up and how vulnerable they were able to show up and still feel safe within those walls of this huge library mm -hmm. was incredible to me. Mm -hmm. And everything that you guys seemed, that you guys seem to be involved with creates that. Do you know how you do that? First of all, thank you. That a, that's a massive compliment. Thank you, man. Um, again, coming back to like the, the answer is never black and white, but there is two things that come to my mind uh, around your question, around creating a safe container or safe space for people to process and fully, just fully be. That's simple, right? Just fully, here I am, here's my light side, here's my dark side, and I want to share it with you. So there's two things. First thing is set and setting uh, with, with, any, with any type of event or circle. Set being, what's, my, what's the intention here? What are we trying, what's the purpose? What are we trying to achieve here as a whole, as a collective? And the setting is who are we calling in into the space? Is the space conducive to privacy, to all that stuff, right? So set and settings matters. On, I would say that's like something that is used in many contexts, whether it's a medita guided meditation or yoga, 
uh, class, like set and setting. What's the intention here? What are we trying to achieve? And who's in the room with us? That's a big one. For like to even like micro that a little bit, Daya and I, when we run the Samurai Brotherhood group, we meet for an hour before the actual meeting. Like, what's our setting? And what is our uh, set? Most importantly, what is our set? What's the intention here? What's the goal here? Um, you know, what are we doing at the beginning, and what are we doing at the end? And the thing about creating a container is that, you know. When you set the container, anything that happens within it, you have to feel what is most needed. I learned that from one of my mentors, John Wineland. Is like that guy. He doesn't even. He never plans what happens within his workshop. He knows when when it ends, when it, when it starts, when it ends, and a couple of topics like for the flow. But anything else that happens, he really feels the room. So you have to be so attuned to what's happening in the room and what's most needed, because. You know, we, we would have a leadership workshop and the people in there come in with different needs and they come in with their different stories and different traumas. Samurai Brotherhood, it's just different. So the, it, this is a good transition to the second part of holding space and creating a safe container. Yeah. Is how, what type of work am I doing in myself so that I can be attuned to those needs in the moment? Right? Okay. How deep is my breath? How, 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 how clear can my mind be? And so that goes right back to my, my own personal practice of breath work in the morning, of meditation, of journaling, of getting involved with other retreats where I'm being coached or I'm being mentored. That is what you guys feel in a, in a brotherhood meeting or a circle at a Kings of Hearts event at a leadership workshop is, you know, Nuke and myself and Dea, we, we practice, we, we practice what we teach. And so that within itself creates safety. Cause you can look at me and you're like, and I don't have to say or do anything to convince you. That's not the point. Yeah. I can just breathe deeply with you and you just know that we got this together. Yeah. That is safety. People are so in tune with that, right? And yeah. it's whatever the number is, but 90% of uh, communication is nonverbal, right? And so it's, you know, looking at you, feeling your energy and taking that away, not just what you're saying. Now, on that personal development and the work that you've done, what started that journey? Like what, you know, what point in your life did you start doing that? What things did you start with? Why did you start doing it? And uh, kind of just touching on some of the different work that you have done. Yeah, wonderful question. My journey through self-development at the beginning was, was very heady. And what I mean by heady means like I was just like absorbing a lot of knowledge, just reading, listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of books. Um, Lewis Howes was a big influence for me. His, his podcast, The School of Greatness, and all the people that he interviewed some part of everyone's little story resonated with me maybe not the entire episode of the podcast but like yeah. just that one or two minutes which is why i love your podcast so what you're <laughs> creating and it's just like yeah there's Thank people going to be taking tidbits of something and it's gonna it's gonna blow up for them um so yeah my journey with self-development started when i started a business and it was very heady at first and one thing that i've realized about self-development is that 
it's not effective or if, uh, yeah, it's not effective if we keep it in our heads. So I started following a lot of teachers uh, that were teaching embodiment. Um, and that was, that's, this is all very recent actually, only in the last like two years where I started following a lot of teachers and a mixture of yoga teachers, meditation teachers, spiritual intimacy teachers. Um, and they basically get you in your body a little bit more. And so self-development has gone from my head down to my heart and then back up to my head and then down to my heart because neither is good or bad. It's just where do we use that, right? So self-development started there. And um, yeah, I follow a principle now of like less is more, right? Like if I'm reading a book, for example, I don't need to read 100 books in a year. But if I can read 10 books in a year and go deeper with each of those books, that to me, for me personally, that for me is more fulfilling. Because just, you know, a book is more than just it's 200 pages. There's what's the practice that you can take out of this book, right? One of my coaches literally had a coaching call with him yesterday. He was helping me structure something around my practice. He was like, when you identify anything that you're taking people through, what's the lesson? What's the exercise? What's the practice? So when it comes to like a self-development book or even a podcast, it's like the content of that podcast or the content of that book is the lesson. So there's two other steps that we're missing. A lot of people miss. They just learn and learn and learn and learn. But what's the exercise and what's the practice? Exercise being something that you can act on immediately. Mm -hmm. Practice is something that you do in small ways every single day. Very cool. Yeah. So that's that to me is self-development now. Yeah. What's the lesson? What's the exercise? What's the practice? Amazing. Love it. Yeah. One thing that I had never, well, I for sure never heard this term before. It's a term that I've learned from you. And I think it's something that's very important is shadow work. And so you brought it up when you're talking about, you know, the, the spaces that you guys um, have built for people and how you make them feel safe is, you know, allowing them, essentially allowing that shadow side of them, that neg their negative aspects, mm -hmm. allowing those to be okay in that space. Can you talk a little bit about shadow, mm -hmm. um, shadow work, what yeah. it is, why it's important? Yeah. Shadow work is parts of ourselves that we've deemed negative or that we've deemed shameful when they're actually very lovable and very accept, very accepting. Um, shadow work uh, essentially is to be able to step into that part of yourself that you feel guilt or shame around and express it in a safe space. So that basically what we're doing in a safe space is we're, we're making it conscious. Because when it's unconscious, we react that way out in real life, right? We you know, suicide, violence, bullying, bullying, um, stealing, lying, yeah. all that stuff. Right. And so for example, it's like if a person is, let's say, let's say they're a compulsive liar and they, and they are so ashamed of it and they keep it away and anything you keep in the dark festers, it just molds and it gets yeah. bigger and worse. Right. Um, and then you end up just lying unconsciously to everyone in your life and not owning it either. But, it, but shadow work is basically you're in a safe container and you look at another person, whoever is facilitating can create that container, and you literally can just be like, I'm a liar. 
I'm a liar. I'm a liar. Yeah. And you take a deep breath and you feel it in your body and you, and like eight times, nine times out of 10, you don't believe yourself when you say that. You're like, that doesn't look good on me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't look good on me. Yeah. I, I'm, I want to relinquish that. And it won't happen overnight, but I will, I'm committed to doing that. Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of shadow work. You know, that's a simple example of it. For sure. Yeah. And it, it comes to mind the exercise that we did last Monday. And of course we won't go into the specifics of it, but um, essentially what it was was we all sat in a circle and yeah. it started with, it was a sentence stem yeah. of something that I don't want you guys to know about me is right. And I think we all felt it a lot and it was all of that same sort of thing. And I, I, I told, I think I told you too, but some of the guys went, okay, well, there are these three things that I know that come to mind right away, but I'm not going to say that. Like, I don't tell <laughs> anybody that. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy how, you know, other people opening up to it is just like, they automatically start flowing out of you. And as soon as you get them out of you and put, you know, show them the light of day, it's like, one, actually, that's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what felt like the worst thing of how could anybody even look at me, like, let alone, you know, like me or talk to me if they knew that about me. It's like, no, that's just a part of you. Right. And then the weight that came off, like for me, the biggest feeling, which I wasn't expecting, I thought it was going to be stress and, um, you know, emotional. The biggest feeling for me was like weightlessness. Like I felt like, somebody had just taken 200 pounds off my shoulders and you know like I was able to put it down and for the, <laughs> the first time I was like wow like I feel light yeah light it's tr- it's true yeah it's like think about like um like a like a bag of rocks that you carry with you like when you first pick up the bag of rocks you're feeling pretty good and it's not it doesn't feel that heavy but what if you held that bag of rocks for 7 days straight yeah so the, the rocks represent sh- the shit that we hang on to that we shouldn't be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It just gets heavier and heavier every day. I love that. And the analogy that I use a lot of times is pressure. Mm, pressure. Right? It's that pressure valve. And so for me, a big thing was never allowing myself to feel emotions. Mm. Whatever they were, happy, sad, neutral. Emotions were just not okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came a lot from my childhood and just pushing everything down. But when you push it down, you create that pressure. And that pressure builds and it builds and it builds yeah. until it needs to escape. You know, a vessel can only hold the pressure for so long. And that's where it turned into now whenever I had an emotional feeling and that pressure was too much, it was an explosion. It could be a little thing, right? And all of a sudden there's an explosion. Like, why am I reacting like this? This isn't even, you know, like, I'm, I should be fine with this. And it might be sadness, right? It could be like even a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Is It's a sad and you just, it's a little bit sad and you're just fucking <laughs> drenched. You're just it go. <laughs> yeah, letting just let it, go. it go. Or anger, right? Of mm-hmm. a little thing and you go off on somebody. Um, and learning how to, you know, like you said, that pressure valve is slowly letting it out. Mm-hmm. If you release that pressure, you know, constantly, you don't have those explosions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's that like, was it's like a pop can. 
Yeah. Exactly. Anytime you push it away, it's like it's equivalent to shaking that pop can. Yeah. 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 Boom. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, like that's what we're trying to like. So like, Kings of Hearts, that safe space. It's like literally like we have to. It's like pressure valving, Samurai Brotherhood. Yeah. Pressure valving. Leadership workshops, same thing. It's like with a different set and setting for each one. However, the general uh, goal is how do we release pressure valves for people so that they can show up in their own lives again, like authentic, less weight off their shoulders. Yeah. And just think they can breathe. Yeah. And that's a good place to set goals. And that's a good place to um, come up with my passion or my purpose. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise we're, 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 we're going in blind really. Yeah. We're going to be running around in circles. Yeah. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit is self-talk and your relationship with self-talk. And so just a little bit of context for me is my whole life has been, which I, again, asking those deep questions and realizing that I have extremely negative Mm self-talk and had zero compassion for myself. Hmm. And a lot of it showed up in different ways, right? So that was the lack of confidence because I was so negative in my head is how could I be confident about anything because I am bad. I am inherently bad. Everything I do is either bad or not enough. Yeah. Right? It showed up in like body body image issues, right? Of and that was that was the biggest one for me, the biggest unlock was it didn't matter what I actually looked like. Yeah. I still had that same feeling about myself. Yep. Right? And so if I lost weight, if I gained weight, if I put on muscle, if I lost muscle, it actually didn't matter because either I would shift my focus to a different part of me mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, well that's, that's okay now. So now I'm going to completely ignore that and then shift onto something else of like, well, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, and it's still tough for me is trying to have that self-compassion and positive self-talk. Right. And so uh, if you don't mind just going into a little bit about well. Your self-talk, if it's changed over time, yeah. um, if it has, you know, how has it changed? What made it change? Yeah, totally. My self- self-talk's tough. Yeah, I call it the monkey mind. Yeah, it's just like chatter, 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 right? Well, so- someone told me something one day. I forget who it was and when it was, but it was like, they asked me a question. They're like, do you believe everything that everyone tells you? And I'm like, No. I don't know everyone or like whatever, right? Yeah. I don't believe everyone. And they're like, okay, well, why do you always believe yourself then? Like everything that comes up, the thoughts. Why do you believe everything? That is very interesting. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, I don't have to believe everything I I think? Okay. That was a big shift for me, right? The practices that come along with that, meditation, breath work, reason why I say breath work is breath allows us a pause and in that space of the pause we can decide do I listen to that or do I not listen to that does this feel true or not true right breath allows creates pause meditation allows us to witness so those two things hands down um, really soothe the uh, the monkey mind and we need to do those first before we insert an affirmation of sorts because um, if you throw affirmations at, at things, it keeps it more in our head, to be honest. Yeah. Just more things. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that, 
that is the practice. My relationship with self-talk back then was pretty negative. Like you, you mentioned like body image issues. I've been there. Yeah. Sometimes it still comes up. Yeah. Sometimes it still comes up and it's, and that's fine. Right. Uh, in the past it used to be like, Oh my God, it's coming up. Get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Why? I've been doing so much work on myself. Why is it still coming up? The reality is it'll always come up. We just get to decide. And that's being kind to ourselves, allowing us that opportunity to decide. I like that. That's kindness. Yeah. That's kind. It's like allowing our, our true selves, our higher selves to, to speak in this matter. Here's one thought. Here's another one. I can choose or I can choose a third one if I wanted to. I really like that of it's not that that thought is wrong. No. But I can choose to believe it or not. No. Because if we go with wrong or right all the time, yeah. then when, we, when the wrong thoughts come up, then we shame ourselves. Yeah. No. It's not wrong or right. It's just a thought. Yeah. Why do we have... We label things wrong or right so that we can try to make sense of it. And making sense of something is of our ego mind. I need to know what this means. Sure, but do you have to know now? Like, right? We don't need to. You know, we don't need to know. We can allow ourselves the opportunity to get curious, but we don't need to know. You see how that feels different? Yeah. I don't give myself the opportunity whenever that happens to be curious about this thought versus I need to know what it means. That's, that's a different energy. And we can choose. Yes. We can choose. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. one big thing, uh, again, for self-talk that really resonated with me about what you're talking about of the getting out of your head and into your body. Mm -hmm. And I like have always been in my head almost exclusively. Right. And I, I use it almost, almost as that mask of like that intelligence mask, mm -hmm. right. Of I can figure this out in my mind. And it just, it made so much sense because recently I, and I've, I've shared this with you guys before of like, oh, I don't read books, right? Or like, I don't do the exercises or, you know, like, I don't understand this whole breathing thing, right? <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, and self-talk was a big one. And uh, I had shared it with you guys. And one of the feedbacks was actually write it out, like mm -hmm. physically, either with a pen or on your phone, like write out everything that's going through your mind. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction, of course, is like, well, I don't know, that sounds dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and I had just, just uh, a day, two days ago, where that negative self-talk was coming back and that story was playing in my mind. And I was trying to do affirmation of like, or like, no, that's not right. And I was struggling and I was, I was just, it was ringing around in my mind. And finally, I was just like, I'm going to write it out. And I started with all the negative things, mm -hmm. just as they were in my mind of, you know, whatever it might be, negative, 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 negative. And once I had gotten all of those out, I had more space for those positive beliefs Boom. and more clarity. And then I wrote those out. And the positives were way longer than the negatives, right? You've, you've been through this before. You're capable. You can, you know, you can make it through this. Mm. And actually the act of embodying it really helped me a ton. So Yeah, man. I'm glad you went down that route. Yeah. yeah. Thought, written down, embodiment. 
I guess a good three part process. Um, yeah, the I think the other thing about self talk too is that they're just bad habits. Yeah, so, you know, like it was just, it's, a lot of it is habitual. Yeah, we're just we're used to thinking this way. The unconscious programming, like default programming, goes back to that. Exactly, yeah. and with any bad habit, we can re, we can change a bad habit. You, you've had bad habits because I've had bad habits. Yeah. Have you overcome some of those bad habits? For sure. I have. Yeah. So the same thing goes with our thoughts is we just have bad habits with certain thoughts and we can just begin to practice it and it takes time. So for sure. Yeah. So shifting gears again here. Um, have you ever felt in your life like you were stuck or lost? Did you ever have that feeling and how did you over- overcome that or how did you work through it? Yeah. Uh, stuck was that Last year, that job, okay, feeling empty, not, not a lot of creative energy coming through. Felt really stuck. What I did out of that was was action. Met people, connected, human connection, big. Another uh, point where I got stuck was uh, a really a really big breakup with this uh, wonderful woman. Um, but it was a uh, it was the biggest heartbreak I've ever had. Yeah, it was the biggest heartbreaker, and it was the biggest. One of the biggest trajectory changes where I was like, I thought I was going left, but I'm going right now. And that shook me. Yeah. That I felt stuck for like a year after that. Wow. And I was in this loop of like, just like victim mentality, uh, really bad habits on not minding my own business, like trying to know what was going on in her life even though we were separated i see yeah it's like needing to know like hanging on to like false hope even and that was a that was, that was stuck and there was no solution out of that other than i needed to go through what i needed to go through yeah i, I always love using the analogy of sometimes a storm just needs to pass but if we try we, we try like running with the rain we're always running under the clouds but what if we just sat in the mud for a bit? That's a Buddhist philosophy, sitting in the mud for a bit. It's attached directly to uh, the uh, lotus flower, right? It grows in mud. Can we sit in the mud a little bit and maybe we'll bloom? I sat in the mud. It was messy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Was I like that analogy, though. Going through a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 I would say those two, those are my big, uh, there's many more, but those are my big two for sure. Yeah. 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 Um. So I think one thing that a lot of people struggle with is finding, we talked a little bit, you know, finding your passion, right? But Mm. more so finding like a life mission or your North Star of what you want to, you know, move towards. Mm -hmm. Have you found either of those things or do you have one currently? Yeah. Yeah. Big, big time. I've definitely have found it in this season. Okay. Uh, And this season it's around supporting men supporting men and deepening their relationship with themselves because the byproduct of that is a better world. A byproduct of that is a better world. Um, healing their relationships, empowering their women in their lives. Like so much can come out of that. Less suicide rates, yeah. less violence, less murders, less gangs, right? Yeah. If men can deepen. That's my mission in life for now. How I landed there was I had to start Three businesses. <laughs> okay. Close down two. Uh, go through a huge breakup. 
um, pick up restaurant jobs, part-time jobs, all a bunch of stuff um, out of safety and security and doubt uh, to land here today. Um, so, and, and that's just what it looked like for me. Um, if I were to generalize it for, for people who maybe are, are asking that question themselves, I would say slow down, there's no rush. Um, life is short, so make every moment as meaningful and as, as deep as possible. Um, a lot of people equate like life is short, so I can do it fast. No, life is short. Do it deep. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy, really enjoy, savor the moment. Don't rush through it, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, don't rush through it. When you slow down, we make better decisions. When we slow down, we're more trustable. When we slow down, we can actually listen to the signs that are actually in front of us all along. But we're too, sometimes we're too busy and distracted and moving too fast to realize what is actually in front of us that matters most or what is in front of us that is going to take us to the next step. But we're too busy frantically running around. I was that guy. Yeah. Frantic. Running around. There's no need. Right. Love that. Yeah, that's that. That would be my my big one. So, very cool. Yeah. How, how does that? I'm curious. I want to ask you the same. Like, how? What does purpose and passion mean for you in your life at this stage? For sure. Yeah. And that's that was to tell you the truth. The biggest, I think, driving force of that quarter life crisis that I'm still going through. Yeah. Right. Of what is my calling? What is my north star? And what I thought it was. What, what I realized was in the past, it was a very unhealthy one. Mm. And what it was, was trying to live my life for others, for their approval. Mm -hmm. Right? And so my North Star was to find somebody else and gain their approval and do whatever it took to make them happy, help them out for their goal. Um, but what I realized was there was still an emptiness there because that wasn't my calling. I was trying to, I, I was trying to get their approval. It wasn't even necessarily help them reach their goal. It was, yeah. I want their approval. And even when I had it, that need wasn't fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Um, so now it's been taking that big step back of, well, what is my passion? What is my calling? What is my mission? And, the one that I, I've mentioned it before is I've gone back to just very, very simple of right now, my goal is to be happy. And as simple as that, and something that I genuinely don't know if I've had an extended period of time in my life that I can remember of just being happy. Mm -hmm. So, okay, what? let's just explore that. And we're going to explore things that make me happy and we're going to cross things off that don't. Yep. Um, it's turned into a lot of just trying shit, right? It's, trying shit, yeah. Uh, the podcast of, you know, feeling feeling like that might be, and I guess I think I've, I've shared this before, is it was one of my deepest fears and one of my deepest desires at the same time to be in the spotlight. Yeah. Right. Of, I want nothing more. And when I say spotlight, I mean 
to be noticed by anybody, right? Um, so this is a little bit more of a you know grander of spotlight, but to be the center of attention, to be seen. Mm-hmm. But whenever I've been in that position, it's felt there's I've had so much fear and so much anxiety and you know mm-hmm. so many different feelings come out up that right away I pushed away. I'm like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> right? yeah. And as soon as it's gone, I want it again. Right. And so trying to become comfortable in the spotlight has been a huge thing and one of the reasons why I'm doing this. Um, I love that, man. Yeah. And the other big one for me was I had never truly done something on my own and I'd never truly been the guy. Like mm-hmm. I'd always been a number two or a number one B sort of relationship, but I always had someone to fall back on. I was never the tippy top and spotlight again. The spotlight again, for sure. I want to be number one. I'll be number two. And I've never, I actually, I'd never made that connection. So thank you for pointing that out. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah, But going, I don't know what it'll be in and that's not necessarily the point, but I want to see if I like being that number one, that tippy top. And I won't know until I actually experience it. And so trying to put myself into an, you know, uh, situations where I am that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it might turn out that I actually hate it. And I go back to that more like I'm more suited for that number two. And that's completely fine. But I think and I always go back to, you know, that that saying of you regret the things that you didn't do more than the things that you did. Right. And yeah. I didn't want to have that regret. So I'm like, I need to know and figure that out for myself. Yeah. And so I need to try it. So that, that last line you said there deeply resonates with me. Yeah. It makes me think about that. You know, we want a lot of things. We just have to come to terms that it may look different and it may happen at a different time. Yeah. Then we supposedly wanted it to. Then the story that we tell ourselves. Totally, man. <laughs> yeah. and, and that can be like related to like love. It can be related to um, business. It can be related to so many aspects of our lives. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how do we show up each day and and just be in our truth and know that it could look different. The outcome could look different and it could happen at a different time than we wish. And can we be happy with, with that? Can we be at peace with that? Yeah. I like the happiness one. That was really good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah man. I, uh, yeah. This is great, man. This is really <laughs> you, good. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been like recently, if, if I can share quickly, like, of course, yeah. even around like love and relationships. Yes. You know, I, I, I met this amazing uh, woman yeah. and it, it's become like this long distance connection and it looks different than what I'm normally used to. And that it's, it's triggering in a good way. Like, why, why does my story always have to be the same yeah. year after year, day after day, week after week? Right. That's something that I'm learning from her and the connection that we have. It's like, it doesn't have to look the way we, we want it to, or have always wanted it to. The way that we thought we wanted it to. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we didn't get to that you want to bring up? I think that's just that last one right there. Cool. Um, otherwise, nah, man. Like, what do you, I guess if I, I have a question for you, yeah, it's like, for sure. what, you know, what are you most excited for um, today? Oh. You know, I would say today and tomorrow, I, 
I can kind of feel myself getting a little bit more into that flow state. I can feel that from you today. Right? Yeah. And uh, it's something, it's, it's crazy of how addicting that, that state is. And I, <laughs> yeah. I do it and have done it by keeping myself so busy. Yeah. Right. And um, that's another one where I think that emptiness came from. Yeah. Of I felt that flow state of like I was just I was go and I was go go yeah. go 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 and I was just next thing next thing next thing next yeah. thing my day was filled and you know and it was stuff that I enjoyed doing too you know most of it we all have things that we don't like doing but you kind of get into that state and the day's just done and I really had this period of time where every day felt so long but long periods of time felt so short. Oh, you said it perfectly. I experienced that <laughs> weekly, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, yeah, you, you, you kind of nailed the verbiage around that, though. You might have yeah. to write that. I might have to write that down. <laughs> Perfect. Good thing we haven't recorded. <laughs> Times two. Um, yeah. And three. But, uh, yeah. And so being, wanting to get back in that state, and it's just the last two days I've had, I've had my days full. And I think that I, I really want that and meaning, meaningfully full and um, trying to get back to that and find things that not have that emptiness. And I think it was good for me to take that step back, but I, I really feel myself ready to start jumping in again and get mm. those, get those wheels turning. You know, like I took that break, I shut the machine down for a little bit and let yeah, it rest. Yeah. And um, now I want to, I want to go again. And yeah. so that's, that's the feeling. Flow state is beautiful, man. Yeah. 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 Enjoy it while it's here because yeah. it, it ebbs and flows. That's life. For sure. It ebbs and flows. Sometimes yeah. when we enjoy something so much, we're like, no, I want it to last forever. Yeah. It's okay that it doesn't. Yeah. But know that it'll come back. Yep. Yeah. All right. And then, so the last question for you yeah. is, what does the next phase of your journey look like? Whew. <laughs> I feel like that's another half hour. <laughs> Do we have time? Uh, give me a moment here. Of course. I would say the next phase of my journey is letting, really letting go, beginning to let go of a lot of uh, safety nets in my life that, that hold me back or slow me down a little bit unnecessarily slow me down um, and move me further away from from my mission what I showed you earlier helping men deepen I need to fully step into that like fully 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 yeah do you have any of those on the top of your mind those safety nets that you could share yeah uh, just around so it's very similar to like very similar to what you said around like you were always number two and three. Like I always had a business partner or some sort of person with me. Yeah. And the Kings of Hearts is beautiful and it's going to be that way. But with my coaching practice, yeah, it's that's a, that's a bit of a solo journey for me. And I'm quick to to jump on something someone else is doing, whether it be a talk or a partnership or an, a, like a little side job or something. Unconsciously, that's those are safety nets for me. So how how long can I hold myself at my edge in a space of a little bit of discomfort? It's a little bit of discomfort without reacting to what I'm normally habitually grasping for. 
It's like, for example, a good analogy is like in the like in the pool, learning to swim. Yeah. Habitually, out of safety, you want to know you want to know that the the edge is the edge is there. It's close by. Yeah. For me, my journey is. This is perfect. My journey is to move a little bit closer to the center of the pool. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Well. <laughs> on that note, thanks so much for being here. Man, thank you so much for really having me. That it. was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Loved it. Thanks again. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. It really would mean the world to me if you liked and subscribed to the podcast, as well as leaving a review to let us know what you thought. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.